You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Um, it, you know, going over the stuff. Just wonderful, wonderful time. The stuff we were going over before we started. Just mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's great to see the world in such a wonderful condition and state. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. We were just going over some stuff here, just dilly dallying around, getting talking points and stuff lined up for ourselves. I, I want to start with because uh, we don't really go into too much depth. We just kind of go over the basic things of what we want to discuss because we don't really run off scripts here or anything like that. Uh, we do go down through and we do assess articles and we kind of give our take on them, that kind of stuff. But uh, other than that, I mean, the stuff that we talk about here is freely and openly available to anybody out there. It's not like we talk about anything that's classified or hidden or, or anything like that or or dug up from some conspiracy theory stuff. This is information you can freely go and find. Uh, and we just dissect it. That's all we do. Tucker Carlson, mainstream guy, right, on Fox News. Quite frankly, I think he's one of the last ones left because he actually does tell it like it is. He's getting his emails read by the NSA. Is that right? And text message. And text messages. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the NSA has released a statement and the Biden administration released a statement. But oddly, they confirm that they do that. But well, in a way, but they don't really deny that that they were. It's it's the typical political answer. We can neither confirm nor deny that, uh, that that's going on. So what's the reasoning? That's a good question. I actually don't know what the reasoning is. They, like they haven't, uh, they're denying that they're looking into it, um, into his stuff, sort of. So the state, okay, this is, this is a quote from Carlson. This is how he analyzes it. Uh, he said, tonight's statement from the NSA does not deny that, instead deny the fact that they're looking into him. Um, instead, it comes with this non-sequitur, uh, in part, Carlson has never had an intelligence target of the agency. But then he says, the question remains, did the Biden administration read my personal emails? So in effect, they're they're saying that he's never been the target, but that doesn't answer the question. Um, is he is he OK? American citizens are never supposed to be the target of any kind of investigation like this. Even if they're investigating someone else from a foreign, uh, like a, a foreign national or whatever, when um, American citizens, when they get caught up in that and they're involved, uh, the name is um, redacted. All that information is hidden. Like you're not supposed to be able to go into that person's personal information or details or uh, messaging, emails, all that kind of stuff without a warrant. Um even even technically, even with the Patriot Act, te- technically, even with that, that's technically supposed to be the standard, supposedly. But <laughs> we know after what they did with the Steele dossier, that's that doesn't matter. They did it to yeah. the president. Do you, do you think they're not going to do it to us? That nobody's. Yeah, that's that's what Trump was saying at the same time. He says, look, they're doing this to me. He says, it's not me. They're after it's you. 
And mm-hmm. believe me, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Trump these days. Uh, quite frank, I never really was. But uh, I liked some of the stuff that he stood for. But that's what it's about, is they are after you. They're after me. They're after those of us that are populists. They're after those of us that believe in the nation state. Not extremists, though that's what they'll say it is, is extremism, because it opposes their tyrannical rule. And by the cultural revolution, and make no mistake about it, that's what this is. This is a Marxist revolution. With their cultural revolution, the first thing that they are to do when you're carrying out a revolution, they are guarding against what they consider to be the counter-revolution. So you're always guarding against that. They will use every, as Prince Charles said, they must use every lever at their disposal. We must pull every lever at our disposal because we will not have another chance at this. And he's right. They will not have another chance at this because once the people are awake and moving, you're not going to be able to stop it. You know, I heard something about, and this is a rumor that's floating around. There's no confirmation of this. Uh, There's a rumor that's floating around that the UK is looking at permanent lockdowns, permanent, which we all knew that that's where it was going to go anyway, is permanent lockdowns, Uh, because these sycophantic idiots believe that this is, you know, killing the earth or whatever it is that whatever crackpot theory they're they're on about. We all knew that this is where it was going to go. But yet you've got millions of people standing out front out in front of Westminster. You've got millions of people standing out in front of number 10 saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. We're not buying this. We're not doing this. They don't care. They don't care. What makes you think they give a damn about staying out of your business, as in your emails, your text messages or whatever? What makes you think they care about that? They don't care about that at all. It's just like everything else we talked about yesterday. They could care less about any of that stuff. They don't care what you have to say. They care about two things, how good they look on TV and you do what you're told. That's all they care about. They want you to get in line. Now, the people that are out there getting jabbed, oh, they're getting in line. Literally, they're getting in line, socially distanced at that. They're getting in line. They think if you are that stupid to go out there and do what they say, then you deserve what you get. They are also naive enough to think at the same time. See, it's a double edged sword or a, how do you how do you call it? Ox, Oxum's, Occam's razor or whatever. Occam's, yeah. Occam's razor. Occam's razor yeah. yeah. At the same time, they're also naive enough to think that after those people are already gone, the ones that are out there doing what they're told now, after those people are already gone, they actually believe that those of us that are left are the ones that that are actually going to fall in line and do what we're told. Are they that far gone? Are they that far disconnected from reality? Because if you're that stupid as a politician or or whatever you are, you're a banker or a, a, a corporate head, whatever. If you're that stupid to think for one minute that after you get rid of all the lemmings, that you've offered up. You've got nothing but the critical thinkers and the people that hate you left. Do you really think that once you get rid of that buffer that we're going to comply? No, son, we're going to come after you. I think they're I, I think they're aware of that though. Because they're going they're going about purging the military of conservative thinking. They're they're going about trying to um find quote unquote extremists in the military. And this is one of the things that they need control of, right? To to bring those of us that are critical thinkers in line, as they think. Um, they're going after the, those that think uh, like we do, that thinks the government's corrupted, that thinks the the yeah, they're overreaching, all that stuff. I agree, but they don't have the logistics. They they don't have the logistics. Oh, I agree, but thinking like they do, the politicians. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if their intention really was to use this research that is going to kill off a bunch of people uh, and then rule over the masses that are left, 
um, obviously they have to have the military, but the, what I don't understand is they're forcing the military to take the vaccines. So you're going to kill off the military too. So it doesn't, it seen, doesn't really make sense. Have you seen those videos floating around of that? Granted, they're like TikTok videos. Have you seen those videos floating around of people in the military being asked, Hey, have you gotten your vaccine yet? And they all say no. So not only are you going to end their career, you're going to put them in a position where they're going to be back in civilian life with nothing to lose. And they're going to be highly pissed off and they're going to be mobilizing those of us that are left. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that the, the videos I've seen of them talking about that was before it was being mandated. I'm pretty sure it's being have mandated they ma- now. In the have they mandated that? Now, I know that we've seen that in some like some military bases have actually said, if you don't get it, you can't leave post. That kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's still technically it's still experimental. You can't mandate something that's experimental, though they're trying. Well, Biden says he's going to leave it to the military and let them choose. Uh, let's see. Seeing if there's anything more recent. June 16th, the defense secretary was considering making the, ma- uh, the vaccine mandatory. Uh, I'm not seeing anything more recent that says they have. Maybe that's what I was seeing as they were talking about making it manda- mandatory. Still, though, I don't think you can because it's experimental. Well, I mean, you, you, you're the State Department. Just have the FDA say, OK, it's 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 fine. Go for it. And then well, they can go for it. Yeah. I mean, if they if they wanted to do that and they could have done it all along, but they haven't been able to. Because, I mean, I, I tell you what, we'll get into the vaccine stuff here in a little bit. I, I don't want to get into it right now. Before we get too far off of this, because I knew that was, that rabbit hole, we were going to go down that. Let's get into this one. Eminent domain. I know how much you love eminent domain, right? That's for those that don't know, that's when the government comes in and takes your land uh, illegally, I might add. Uh, with, and they without don't, warrant, without yes, any of that. W- without compensation and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. The uh, Supreme Court has now decided to stick their nose in, quite frankly, into the Tenth Amendment, as far as I'm concerned. Eminent domain. The Supreme Court ruled 5-4 Tuesday that Penn East Pipeline Company versus New Jersey, that the state of New Jersey was not exempt from federal eminent domain provisions. So they now say that the state's rights, so the Tenth Amendment, pretty much, the state's rights don't matter when it comes to eminent domain. So if you have... Let's say, for example, uh, let's say you want oil and gas uh, pipeline rights and drilling and and all of that. And let's say you are, oh, I don't know, let's say the Dakotas and you're going to run that pipeline. For example, Keystone, you're going to run that all the way down the middle part of the country and you're going to run it through Oklahoma and Texas to be refined and, and all the rest of it. If you're all of those states, you do not have the right to overrule the federal government. If you want to come together as a coalition of states and say, we're doing this for our states, we're doing this for our economies, and we don't give a damn what you have to say at the Bureau of Land Management, the Department of Agriculture, and uh, whatever other ridiculous bureaucracies you have. If you're all of these states, which that's what the state's attorney generals were doing, and I think that's where this ruling comes out now, all the state's attorney generals got together and said, okay, we're talking about doing Keystone anyway. We don't care what you have to say because we're talking about hundreds of thousands of American jobs. Potentially, I, I would argue it's not just hundreds of thousands. We're, um, yeah, maybe that's the people that are going to build the pipeline. I know some people that were going to build on that pipeline. They don't have a job now. I know them personally. They were going to work on that pipeline for years. Now they don't know what they're going to do. But it's not just the people that were going to build that pipeline. It was every single little town that that pipeline was going to pass. 
all of the revenue, all of the businesses, all of the new hotels, all of the new restaurants, all of that, every bit of that boom, that economic boom has now been extinguished. So I would argue it's millions of jobs, not just hundreds of thousands, millions, because there are other jobs that would pop up that are not related to directly working on that pipeline. Workers coming in from all over the country to build it, to do maintenance work on it, to do security checks on it, whatever it is they do, surveys, all the rest of it, all of the logistics supply line, all of them are going to need to stay in hotels. All of them are going to need to eat. All of them are going to need to go shopping. Uh, I'd just add as well, you've got the mechanics, the parts for the mechanics, you've got the manufacturing mm -hmm. of the parts, you've got, um, as you were saying, they need to shop, they need entertainment, they need places to stay. So yeah, there, there's there's a lot that goes on here. They need the food, which means they need the farms, which, uh, you know, I mean, it, it all, it's, it's this big ecosystem. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of half get the... Uh, get the the feeling of the story that I read about the gentleman who actually did the best for the uh, the Alaskan gold rush and it wasn't the people that spent all of their money they they sold everything they had right the big gold rush up in Alaska right everybody from down in the the lower 48 they decided they were going to sell whatever it is they were going to sell and they were going to go up there and they were going to strike it big they were going to hit it rich and and all the rest of it right well very, very few of them actually made it. But there was one gentleman who did. He did strike it rich and he didn't do it because he sold everything he had and went looking for gold. That's not what he did. He went up there and he built hotels and restaurants for the people that were going to those mining camps. You know who it was? It was Donald Trump's grandfather. Why do you think he's in a hotel and restaurant and casino business? Just saying. Trump knows how that stuff works. He knows how Keystone would work. It's exactly that. It's everything else around that that would grow up as a result of that pipeline being built. So it's not enough to just have that pipeline. It's all the other businesses that would, in, that would encompass around that. So now the Supreme Court has stepped in and said, no, nope, you can't do that. Sorry. You can't trump, no pun intended, you can't trump the federal government when it comes to eminent domain. Bruce, you're not a fan hey. of eminent domain of the federal government. You're a big fan yeah. of uh, states. I mean, uh, and I, I'm not going to argue with you here at all because I agree with you. But you're a fan of states' rights, as am I. I believe in the 10th Amendment. State can do whatever the hell it wants. And if it says we don't want to follow your whatever, uh, like, for example, the state of, what was it, New Mexico can no longer, per the new Biden administration's rules, they can no longer do exploratory drilling for oil and gas. Well, that's the lifeblood of that state. So that's not going to yeah. happen now. 80% of that state's land is uh, federal land, which, by the way, I'd, I'd also like to point out the Supreme Court in multiple rulings has said that the state lands should be given back to the states. The federal lands should be given back to the states, which the federal the government shouldn't have own failed any. to do. They shouldn't own any property. Agreed. None. Zero. Uh, agreed. Well, I, I would say maybe D.C. because that's neutral ground. Fair so enough. So no state. But the taxpayers own it. But other than that. Yeah. Um, I would say that these states that are going to be directly affected by this uh, pipeline, I would say they should go ahead and do it anyway and taunt the federal government and say, what are you going to do about it? We have a uh, National Guard here. You, you really want to push it because um, these are our rights and you don't like it. We have a federalist system. Tough. Come and stop us. That, but I'm, I'm a bit more of a shotgun diplomat than, you know... Um, a diplomat, if you will. But that's kind of how it's I, supposed I, to be, I, though. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of supposed to be. I mean, you know, when the Second Amendment is in place and says that you're supposed to have the same kind of arms as the military and your job as the citizenry is to be king of this country, if you will. You're the ruling party. You're the ruling individual. 
And they empowered us both with laws and the physical means to retain that power. I fully expect states to do the same, to retain their power from the federal government. Um, so the Fed coming in and saying, you can't do this. I'm sorry, you have no jurisdiction when it comes to states and what they want to do in their own states, unless it violates constitutional grounds. In this case, the Fed is violating constitutional grounds and states um, well within their rights to stand up and say, nope, we're going to do it anyway. And I think they should. It would be best for their states. It would be best for um, their economies and this nation as a whole. Uh, we, we were energy self-sufficient, like self-reliant. Uh, and now since the Biden administration came in and revoked all those um, executive orders, uh, here we are again. We're not self-sufficient anymore self-reliant. And it's all being done on purpose. You can't tell me that it's not. Going to your point there, I, I kind of think that it's the same way when it comes to defending your rights as an American citizen. I heard a story this morning of a small county down in Missouri. And this is back during last summer when the uh, the Antifa riots and the BLM riots were going on uh, all over the t all over the across the country. And don't give me this mostly peaceful garbage either. I'm not CNN. But there was a small county in the state of Missouri. Be aware, the state of Missouri has two blue cities, heavily blue cities. It's not the same way outside of the cities. Once you get out into the rural parts and back into the uh, uh, the Ozarks, there, uh, those are not. Um, <laughs> Those are not compliant people. Uh, they're they're good oh, old no. fashioned country folk, and they are the nicest people in the world. They will bend over backwards to help you. They will give you the shirt off their backs as long as I, you give I them lived, the same respect. I lived around the Ozarks over there for a time, mm -hmm. and um, most people there have their heads on their shoulders, meaning yeah. uh, they understand the rights that they have. They do. They do. And and they're they're genuinely good people. I, I know some people down yeah. there. They're genuinely good people. Just to give you an example, and, and this is what should happen. And I'm making the comparison here because this is what should happen with this eminent domain garbage per the state level. But I'm using this comparison on a local level because all politics are local. All of them. To expound upon that just real quick, uh -huh. the when it comes to this kind of stuff and you have the feds come in, for example, FBI is coming in and they're wanting to, uh, to do an investigation in your town. If the sheriff over that area says, no, leave. The feds have to leave. Correct. In fact, I, I learned that there's only one person in the county that can actually overrule a duly elected sheriff. And you wouldn't believe who it is. It's the county coroner. Don't ask me why, but that's just the way it is. I, I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, the story for another day, I guess. Back to the point here. You had an Antifa mob coming out of I believe it was St. Louis. I, I could be mistaken, but I believe it was St. Louis, Missouri. They were headed out into one of the counties. Now, mind you, Antifa, anti-fascist. What does that mean? What are you? If you're an anti-fascist, what does that make you? Isn't it amazing how you have a communist revolution happening in America, but they're not calling themselves that? Isn't that fascinating? That is just unbelievable. Isn't that clever? Keep in mind how communist revolutions and Marxist revolutions work throughout the world. They start in the cities and they move outward. The Bolsheviks in Russia did exactly that. They took over two towns and shot three people. That was not a revolution, by the way, for anybody that wants to read into it. But they took the cities and then they moved out into the countryside. Mao did the same thing, took the cities, then moved out into the countryside. Hugo Chavez took the cities, moved out into the countryside. Pol Pot, Cambodia, took the cities, moved out into the countryside. Fidel Castro took the cities, then moved out into the countryside. Are we seeing a pattern here? Are we seeing a pattern? So my point is, is that once they take a city, they will then move outside to rural America. Well, what happened when they did that in this one county in Missouri? Now, the county in question here had 
nine deputies. That's all they had for the entire county. Nine deputies. Pretty sparsely populated area. They didn't have to rely on those nine deputies. The point I'm trying to make here is once the sheriff put out the call to the town and said, hey, we've got busloads of Antifa on the way, without question, you had 300 armed men and women down there on the edges of town waiting. Once Antifa showed up, they got off the bus, they looked at what was staring them down, and guess what happened? They got back on the bus and they went back to the city. And you say, where are you going with this? This is exactly what should happen with this eminent domain crap. The federal government comes in, and I think, Bruce, you were even, alert, you were even alluding to that. The federal government comes in and says, you're not going to do this. Okay, here's our National Guard. Come on back. Tell us that again. It has to be done. I, I know it's you say it's shotgun diplomacy, but that's how it has to happen because because and I'm not advocating for violence here. Of course not. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But you have to speak to these radicals in their own language. That's all they understand. And if you can get by with suing them in the court again, that's speaking to them in their language. That's what they understand. If you have the opportunity to take legal action, you do it because that's what they understand. If it comes down to them provoking and and evoking, I'm trying to get my words right here, them provoking and evoking violence, well then, you have to defend yourself, do you not? You have a legal right to do so. I mean, it's like everybody in the Midwest was taught growing up um, as, a, as a boy, don't start the fight, but you damn well better make sure you finish it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not a troublemaker, never have been. But I'll tell you something, these people, these uh, whatever these people are, these these disgusting excuses for human beings, they are really, really pushing it with this one. They're really pushing it. And what happens when you push long enough? If you back a dog into a corner and you start repeatedly beating it with a stick over and over or poking a bear with a stick, to use another analogy, what do you think is going to happen after an extended period of time? You're going to get bitten, if not mauled to death. You have not seen a counter reaction to what's happening yet. You haven't seen that. And this is what the establishment is guarding against, to bring us back to that point that we started with. They're guarding against the counter revolution before it gets started. The problem is, is that the counter revolution started before they even began. The populist movement was here. Donald Trump, Brexit, that was the populist movement. The counter-revolution already started. We got the jump on them. They panicked. They pulled the COVID lever. And now they're making mistakes. A lot of them. The wheels have come off of this COVID thing. And now they don't know what to do. Except double down. Again and again and again. Because that's all they know how to do. They are going for broke. But that's okay. That's okay. Because the good news is... In all of this, the good news is, is that now, as of today, the State Department has announced that you can revise your passport if you feel necessary. If you feel it necessary, you can revise your passport. Your gender does not have to match other forms of ID. So you can have that change. Now, isn't that great? Isn't that, isn't that good, Bruce? Isn't that, I mean, I just got my passport renewed a few months ago. Uh, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's great that now I can have that changed again. To reflect, I, I can just have an X put on there uh, to say you know, whatever this is, the gender fluid or uh, non-binary. Non is that, is that yeah, what they say? Non-binary non non -binary, or non neutral yeah. or yeah, yeah. gender neutral, yeah. whatever. All of that. Mm -hmm. U.S. passport. This is from the U.S. State Department. This uh, Blinken or whatever his name is. Um, they announced on Wednesday that it will allow passport applicants to choose any sex that they prefer. 
even without medical documentation. And if the gender selection does not match an individual's other forms of identification, and I'm quoting here, U.S. passport applicants will now be able to select the gender they would like to be printed on their U.S. passports, even if their gender they select does not match the gender on their supporting documentation, such as a birth certificate, previous passport, or state ID. That was a statement put out by the uh, the State Department when they informed Congress on Tuesday night uh, before publicly announcing the policy change on Wednesday. The Department of State will no longer require medical certification to change the gender marker on U.S. passports. Well, that's good. That's good. You know, that that's about as insane as what happened the other day uh, to me. And it goes kind of along the same lines uh, with this with the agenda, not not necessarily the uh, the thing here, but it's it's all inclusive with all this green and uh, b- gender thing and, and all the rest of it. That That's all in there. Right. Uh, it's all part of the wokeness. Bruce, I had Internet problems the other day. You're going to find out how great this is. I had Internet problems the other day. It was knocked out in the middle of the day. It's not like people are working from home or anything and need it. The Internet got knocked out in the middle of the day for a time period of unknown. Contact them, the provider. Oh, well, it's it's down. We don't know. It finally comes back up about an hour and a half to two hours later. Then I get a text message sent to me on my mobile phone from the provider telling me we have now switched our Internet to 100 percent green renewable energy power. Is that why it didn't work? Let, Let me get this straight. You shut everything down. You sick degenerates in these public health departments and in these governments, you know nothing politicians. You shut everything down. You force people to work from home. You then turn the Internet off and you you promote the fact that you have these these garbage woke messages coming out of these these corporations that are disconnected from reality. You have them come out and send out mass text messages to their customers that, oh, we've switched to green energy. Isn't that wonderful? It's as sick as this passport nonsense. All of it. I, I didn't realize we were uh, we made such great advancements in fusion technology. I was I was unaware that that we had had created this level of green. No, see, green energy that they're talking about here is not green. The the destructiveness of the uh, solar panels and wind turbines, the, the processes to manufacture. And then once they've uh, lived out their usefulness, um, the chemicals that come off of those as they degrade is immensely damaging to the environment. But they, they failed to tell you that part. Totally overlooking the fact that you need at least 30% more capacity than what you're actually going to use so that you can, you know, the ups and downs and whatnot. Uh, like, it, it is absolutely baffling. Why not go nuclear at this point? Seriously. I mean, They're if you want to go that green, off. go nuclear. They're turning all that off. All, all that's getting turned off, which, OK, they haven't purposely updated any of that stuff to say, oh, well, uh, yeah, it's, that's a that's an old technology. We we can't use that anymore. And to be fair, the nuclear waste, we do have a problem with it. Right. To be fair. So I'm, I'm all for I'm all for newer technologies. But this wind and solar garbage and this battery and electric car stuff, that's not it. That's not the future. That's the past. But they're repackaging it. They've brought it up. D- do you know solar panels, for example, just to give you an idea Solar panels will never get any better. They are at the limit of what they can do. They will not advance any further than what they are now. And you say, well, how is that possible? Well, we kind of have a little bit of a restriction from that thing called the sun. You can only put so many solar panels out there to get so much power from it. They're talking about making agriculture equipment, combines. They're, They're talking about making that stuff out of 
solar panels. Do, do, do you know how many solar We actually did the math on this. A solar panel to run a combine harvester, for example, would have to be, it was like 780 feet by 780 feet. Yeah, it was pretty immense. It's ridiculous. It like two football fields. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. To, to do an area that's that's 12 feet wide, give me a break. Give me a break with this this, this crackpot nonsense. All right, let's get into this stuff. I know we're, we're kind of rambling here, but, you know, it's yeah, crazy agendas. I wanted to talk about this today. The National Pulse did a, a story on this last week, and we played a clip yesterday of us ending of Raheem Kassam talking about the stuff that they found. Hunter Biden invested in a pandemic firm collaborating with DASIC's EcoHealth Alliance and the Wuhan lab. Now, we've seen the connections of Facebook. We've seen the connections of Google. We've seen the connections of EcoHealth Alliance, the DOD, the CDC, the NIH, American Academia, the Gates Foundation, all the rest of it. We've seen all that stuff. (laughs) Bruce is already laughing. But we haven't seen this one yet. We haven't seen this connection yet. And I, to be honest with you, I've been waiting to see when it would pop up. And it has. It has. Quite frankly, it was there all along, but it was a matter of connecting the dots. And they did a great job over at the National Polls with it. Hunter Biden. We've been wondering why Hunter hasn't divested from those CCP firms. Maybe this is why. Don't know yet. But he was involved with this investment firm, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, or Rosemont uh, it was Rosemont Capital. So it was an offshoot of that Rosemont Capital. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's strange because Rosemont Capital was the uh, the investment firm that was founded by Hunter Biden. And it was it was John Kerry's stepson, right? And they were also the same two that were involved in the Ukrainian gas deal. Is that, is that right? Yeah. And that other um, dual purpose um, uh, vibration reduction technology that was sold to China. Uh, oh, they were also involved with that. The the $1 billion uh, deal that they had um, that some of the other uh, companies that are very well known have been around for generations were unable to do with China. They were able to do as an upstart, uh, you know, unknown company while on trip with Vice President Biden at the time on Air Force Two. Uh-huh. But it's it's funny that he becomes an international business person like this, and he he didn't he didn't do it legit. I mean, it's it's strange how he he makes hundreds of millions of dollars like that overnight. Odd. Uh, it's very odd. Um, among the uh, companies listed on the uh, the archive version of the firm's portfolio is uh, a company called Metabiota. Well, what is Metabiota? Uh, that's a San Francisco-based company that purports to detect, track, and analyze emerging infectious diseases. Okay, well, you might be able to make a kind of connection there, maybe, right? So if you look at the RSTP Investments, which is the Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners Investment website, they list Metabiota on their website as an investment partner. Okay, they also detect, track, and analyze emerging infectious diseases. Well, that seems kind of relevant in today's COVID-ridden world, right? So the financial reports that they were that they then pulled said that Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, which is an offshoot of Rosemont Capital, which Hunter Biden is the managing director of, led the company's first round of funding, which amounted to around $30 million. Now, the former managing director and co-founder of Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, who is Neil Callahan, uh, which is a name, by the way, that just happens to appear a whole bunch of times on Hunter Biden's hard drive. Strange how that happens. I'm sure it's just coincidence. I'm sure it is. Uh, This gentleman... Callahan also sits on 
Metabiota's board of advisors. Hmm. It's almost like there's a there's a there's a, a paper trail almost uh, almost right <laughs> almost like there's a connection there. Okay, but how do you tie it in? Right? How, how do you tie it in? Well, we're getting there. So the investment, the thirty million dollar investment from Metabiota in San Francisco. Right? They say that um, this is a unique company with a pioneering effort to protect the world from the spread of epidemics. The company has a worldwide network of on-the-ground experts with strong foundations of epidemiology and international field science. They assess epidemic risks in viral hotspots and provide strategies to help mitigate the spread of infectious diseases. That sounds like a great thing, doesn't it? They would be able to do all this research and and track, trace, and and notify the public and and do all the the studies and, and put out the information so people can be better prepared, right? Sounds fantastic. Well, now here's where it gets really interesting. Since 2014, Metabiota has been a partner of EcoHealth Alliance as part of the U.S. Agency for International Development, which was also found to be funneling money to the lab in Wuhan. Uh, EcoHealth Alliance, that was Peter Daszak's company. They they established that and said, okay, here's the front company. We're going to funnel all of our money through EcoHealth Alliance. We're going to push it to Wuhan. That's how we're going to do it. That's also the uh, the PREDICT project, right? You did look into that PREDICT project. That's where it came from because we were wondering where PREDICT came from. And we looked at the connection last week to Google and that's where PREDICT came in. Uh, so as a part of this effort, researchers from Metabiota, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology collaborated on a study relating to bat infectious diseases in China. The sensitive and broadly reactive RT-PCR assays, yeah, the PCR, the polymer chain reaction tests, performed at the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, Chinese Academy of Sciences, which is what the paper was titled. Funny, are you saying that there's a link between bat infectious diseases in China and they were looking at polymer chain reaction tests and the results of them as a result of those bat infectious diseases in China? Are you saying that there's a connection between bat viruses and PCR tests? Are, are you saying there's a link there? Maybe? Funny how all this comes together, isn't it? Yeah, it's just when I say the wheels have come off of this COVID thing, this right here, why isn't this being talked about on TV? Why isn't this in any newspaper? You would think that that right there, just that connection in and of itself, just that one, the fact that they were doing studies on those infectious diseases in connection with PCR tests, you would think that that right there would even be something worth mentioning, regardless of all the other connections with Hunter Biden and EcoHealth Alliance, because they've used PCRs to justify all of this sickening madness we've been experiencing over the last almost two years now. Anything you want to say before I continue? Yeah, I was just thinking about um, this article. I imagine if you were to post this, you were asking why this wasn't being reported on. I imagine if you post a link to this article on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, any of the usual suspect uh, social media platforms, I'm sure you're probably going to get banned or silenced until you remove that post. So, uh, you know, not only is the news agencies, the uh, corporate media, they're uh, not covering it. So they're they're laying down a smokescreen. But then the social media corporations, uh, big tech is uh, running their operations to silence it and keep it under wraps as well. So it's almost like uh, you, you have these corporations colluding together with the uh, government. And um, I'm I'm not for that. You would almost think that there was some kind of a connection there. Yeah, you would almost think that. Uh, by the way, just so just so you're aware, yeah, you would get banned if you would post this. You would get banned for sure. You've also got 
And now that that's not exclusively for people such as, for example, ourselves or or you out there. It's not exclusively for those people. All right. Uh, For us, it's also happening now to people that report on people that report on it. It's gotten to that point. Right Wing Watch, which is a hard left organization, quite frankly, who report on right wing individuals, apparently all these right wing extremists all over the place. They report on the mainstream people like uh, Glenn Beck and what's his name, uh, uh, Alex Jones and uh, Dan Bongino and, and all the rest of them. They report on those guys. Well, they were reporting on those guys and they found out that they themselves got banned from YouTube. They appealed and YouTube said, nope, sorry. They deleted thousands and thousands of hours worth of video from Right Wing Watch. Do you remember when I said that the big tech regulation is not going to come from the right? It's going to come from the left. That was the curveball. The big tech regulation and the antitrust regulation that's going to be thrown at big tech is not going to come from the right. It's going to come from the left because they're now starting to eat their own. I would say the right is going to uh, jump on board, though. They may not be the ones to to present the bills, but the right typically, I, I think, because they've been beaten down so much now, I think they are going to jump on board with it. And unfortunately, yeah. anytime the right jumps on board with any kind of government policy that has anything to do with regulations or increasing regulations specifically, it always 100 percent bites them in the ass because you can't make a deal with this. That's why. Now, the question is, and we'll get back to this, uh, but the question is, is there enough time? And think about what I'm about to say. Is there enough time left to seize and break up these companies before the governments themselves are out of power? Keep that in mind. Governments are meant to be destroyed in all of this. Never forget that. Among the researchers listed on the aforementioned 2014 paper, the Bat Lady, she's in Glee, the director of the Center for Emerging Infectious Diseases at the Chinese Communist Party's Wuhan lab, the disgraced Peter Daszak from EcoHealth Alliance, president of EcoHealth Alliance, uh, and confident of a Dr. Anthony Fauci, I might add, recently recused from the Lancet COVID-19 commission due to several conflicts of interest uh, as a longtime collaborator of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, he's also an author of this paper that was done by Metabiota. Well, that's a who comes up with that name? So Dazic is also a figure central to the potential origins of COVID-19. Yeah, because he was the one that funneled the money. His EcoHealth Alliance funneled taxpayer dollars from Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Infectious Diseases to collaborate on bat coronavirus research in Wuhan. Yep. So I'm looking at the foreword of the paper here, and it lists here Peter Dazic, for sure, right, on one of the uh, the authors of the paper. Several Chinese scientists. Oddly enough, there's another one here. You notice Jonathan Epstein's name is on there? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about him last week in the connection with Google. Peter Daszak is also on there, uh, as well as many other Chinese researchers. Researchers from the EcoHealth Alliance and Metabiota have also collaborated on presentations on how to live safely with bats. Why are you messing with them? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about why we're even dealing with this? Why are you out there messing with this? You don't toy with Mother Nature, just like Senator Rand Paul said to Dr. Fauci. You don't toy with Mother Nature like this. You don't take bat coronaviruses and enhance their lethality by 15%. You don't do that. They also have studies that we talked about last week linking emerging infectious diseases to outbreaks in wildlife trading facilities, including wet markets. That was where Epstein was involved. Not Jeffrey Epstein, Jonathan Epstein, different Epstein. There's another name real quick. Sorry, the, this, uh-huh. I, the name stuck out because it was the other English one. Bradley Schneider. Uh, Alexi, no, uh, Alexi uh, Chimura. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't look at Schneider yet, but the 
three names popped up. Well, I guess four technically because they're not Chinese. All the other ones are Chinese. So anyway, looking into them, uh, just real quick. Uh, well, Shimura is with EH, uh, ECA or EH, um, EHA, Eco Health Alliance. Uh, yeah, they're they're with Eco Health Alliance. Yeah, they're the chief of staff with Eco. Uh-huh. Uh, just I thought that was interesting because uh, you know it it seems interesting that that's all we 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 really have as far as the um, non Chinese group involved. Uh, no, you have Meta, you have Metabioto, who is that's where Schneider's from, and that's where uh this uh, uh excuse me i i yeah, was i was including them in a, in a chinese group my, my oh gotcha yeah 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 also in this uh wildlife trade can facilitate zoonotic disease transmission it represents a threat to human health and economies in asia highlighted by the 2003 sars coronavirus outbreak where the chinese wildlife market facilitated pathogen transmission in a 2016 paper D- does any of that sound familiar we we talked about that with the google connection they actually wrote the paper Google funded that research. They actually wrote the paper that said, oh, there was a SARS outbreak and there's a wet market that is connected to that. And we need to study that. And then they say that this one's the same way. Don't, don't you think that that's kind of relevant? Shouldn't you be mentioning that in the very beginning? Hey, wait a minute. Uh, there was a study here that was conducted by uh, that P4 lab in Wuhan, and it was in connection with Fauci, the EcoHealth Alliance, and Google, don't you think we should look at that? Researchers from Metabiota have also been listed alongside EcoHealth Alliance personnel on a 2014 study on Henepavirus. Sorry, sorry if that's wrong. Henepavirus spillover, a 2014 study on Ebola monitoring, 2015 study focusing on herpes, and a 2015 study on viral diversity. Beyond the ties to the EcoHealth Alliance, Metabiota has also been embroiled in controversy for bungling American America's response to Ebola. Do you remember the Ebola thing under Obama? Do, do you remember that? Every single, you talk about bungling, every single safety procedure was blatantly ignored. Every last one of them. They wanted it to spread. That's why. But it didn't. Do you know how many beds, just for reference, just for reference, do you know, because I remember this statistic. They talked about it back then. I remember this very clearly. This is one of those statistics you don't forget. I'll run this one by you, Bruce. I'll let you take a stab at it. How many hospital beds in America do we have right now to be able to cope with an Ebola patient? What's your guess? Uh, 27. Six. They wanted Ebola to spread. They were bringing in people from the outbreak country on purpose. They did it on purpose. But thank God it didn't go anywhere. Ebola spreads a little bit differently. That is until these sick, I would call them anti-life scientists, get a hold of this stuff and they, they aerosolize it. God help us. An American company that bills itself as a pioneer in tracking emerging epidemics made a serious Uh, made a series of costly mistakes during the 2014 Ebola outbreak that swept across West Africa, with employees feuding with fellow responders, contributing to a misdiagnosed Ebola case, and repeatedly misreading the trajectory of the virus. That was according to the Associated Press. Uh, I could sit here for an hour and pick apart that four-line sentence and tell you how much that was an absolute mess, every bit of it. But we don't have the time. The company reportedly already made the chaotic situation worse, which prompted the World Health Organization to step in. Yeah, when things don't really work for a front company that you've set up, well, then let's just bring in the World Health Organization because they've been great. They're the uh, the ultimate authority on pandemic response. It's not like they're not owned lock, stock and barrel by the Chinese Communist Party. Emails obtained by the Associated Press and interviews with aid workers 
on the ground show that some of the company's actions made an already chaotic situation worse. World Health Organization outbreak experts, experts, the World Health Organization actually has experts on something? Could have fooled me. Dr. Eric Bertharat, strange name, wrote to colleagues in July 17th of 2014 in an email about misdiagnoses and total confusion at the Sierra Leone government lab Metabiota shared with Tulane University in the city of Kenema. He said there was no tracking of samples and absolutely no control on what is being done. Again, we're talking about Ebola in 2014. They wanted it to spread. If you would have had an out-of-control Ebola outbreak in the world in 2014, you would not have had a presidential election in 2016. Donald Trump would not have happened. Think about that. Also, you needed a very large distraction from Brexit. That's about the time the Brexit vote was happening. Yeah, just saying. They tried to pull this lever once before and it didn't work. So they pulled it with something else. Quite frankly, they've been doing a better job with this one, I have to say. Albeit it's a mess and it's a disaster. So in April 2021... The USAID announced a new initiative spearheaded by EcoHealth Alliance to track emerging infectious diseases with pandemic potential. Wait a minute. A few months ago, they did this with EcoHealth Alliance, and now all this information is coming out about EcoHealth Alliance, and they're still doing it? Also collaborating on the taxpayer-funded venture is, guess who? Metabiota, whose researchers have been listed as authors on papers from June of this year, just a few weeks ago, relating to coronavirus surveillance in Africa. Are we surprised that there is a connection here with the Biden family in all of this? Do you think when you hear Joe Biden mumble up there at that podium about, we're going to get to the bottom of the, you know, the thing, the, oh, I wouldn't worry about it. Do you really think they are interested in getting to the bottom of COVID-19 and where it came from? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think Biden's more interested in getting to the bottom of something else. Come on, man. We can spend the last few minutes here talking about Fauci. Fauci didn't show up to a special session called by rep from my state, Jim Jordan. He put together a, uh, a deal here. Now, Fauci didn't show up. You could see Fauci just about anywhere else, but you don't see him at Congress. You don't see him show up for a subpoena there. Why not? Can you imagine what would happen if Don Jr., when he got subpoenaed by Congress a couple months ago, can you imagine what would happen if he didn't show up? Fauci hasn't found a single TV camera he hasn't been in love with. You're telling me he wouldn't have shown up because the question that was being asked to the panel by Representative Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan, were about the origins of COVID-19. Fauci's not interested in answering any questions about the origins of COVID-19. He's not interested in that at all. I think he's had his just do with, uh, with Rand Paul long enough. He doesn't want to sit down any longer. But let's hear what some of the individuals had to say about the origins of COVID-19. Now, you would think that this would be front page news. Take a listen. You talked about this came from the lab. And the question is, is it a just a leak from the lab or is it a bioweapon? And uh, I want you to to talk to us about that, because I think the assumption for most of us has been it's a leak from the lab. But you're the one who raised the bioweapon. You, you, you brought up that term and you've been at the State Department. I think you were at the State Department for over 25 years. In and out. In and out. Educated at Oxford and Cornell. You know a little something about all this stuff. Tell me your 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 answer to was it just a lab leak or was it a bioweapon? They were working on a program related to synthetic biology and gain of function using the serial passage evolutionary or convolutionary technology approaches. Uh, quite publicly, actually, that they had said in their 2011 Declaration of the Biological Weapons Convention and other places, including speeches by their generals, was related to 
their future of warfare, of hybrid warfare. So, of course, they were working on dual-use research of concerns called DERC. And the DERC, in this case, again, if it gets out of a lab and it's not contained promptly, could result in a weapons-like release. Okay, whether they de deliberately did it is I have very little sense they did. But were they deliberately working on developing the capability to use advanced pathogenetic capabilities of war uh, in a way that no one's seen ever employed? Yeah, they were. Of course they are. That's what the Chinese have been talking about publicly. So, I mean, there shouldn't be any surprise here. I just right. don't know why no one paid attention to it. It's not a surprise to me, sir. It's not a surprise to me at all. This is what we've been talking about here till we're blue in the face for almost two years. Is that right there? Why isn't that on CNN? CNN's down 70% in the ratings since Trump left office. You might think this would boost their ratings up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Honestly, I'm... I don't know what to say to it. Like this is this is what we've been talking about the the, the entire time that this was in the beginning. We were saying that it wasn't a uh, pangolin or a bat or whatever at the wet market, and uh, we we said it was engineered. Well, now not only is it engineered, but it was a biological weapon, and it was whether or not it was accidentally released or intentionally released doesn't matter. It's a biological weapon at this point, as he said. They were doing gain-of-function research in collaboration with synthetic viruses. Synthetic viruses, meaning it's not organic. Synthetic. They synthesized it. They made it up. Synthetic could still be based on an organic one. It's Correct. Just, it's been, it's been, it's been engineered with, yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. It's in everybody's face. That right there should be front-page news across the world. That testimony right there. It's nowhere to be found. That wasn't on any mainstream. Hell, C-SPAN didn't even pick that up. That came from right side broadcasting. His, his testimony there as well. He said it very confidently and didn't have any kind of like you, you, you wouldn't watch it and go, OK, well, it's a little sketch. It's a little. No, he just matter of factly, this is the way it is. And we knew it. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. everybody knew it. Why? Why? Why wasn't this? You know. All right. Let's uh, let's let's hear some more of this. There, there's more. I, I got more. Let's hear some more of this. Officials who are supposed to have our trust don't show up to members of Congress. I think that's a problem. He I'm showed up everywhere for a year and a half. I mean, you couldn't go. You couldn't go a day. You couldn't go a day and not see Dr. Fauci somewhere. He was everywhere. I mean, he was like, he's like man of the millennial or whatever time declared him. I mean, he was everywhere. And now, now when we have emails that he's sending out at 12 and 2 in the morning and we have this gain of function that didn't go through the process it's supposed to go through and we have all this, this evidence, suddenly you can't find him. I know where he is, Jim. He's, uh, he's on CNN. He, he's on MSNBC. He was talking to Joe Scarborough. Uh, just this morning, we, we've got him on that flip flopping again. So if you're wondering about uh, where Dr. Anthony Fauci is, that's where he's at. As a matter of fact, I've got it right here. He was on MSNBC with Joe Scarborough this morning. This is what he had to say. Level. My son and I went to see the Red Sox play uh, a couple of games this past weekend. Uh, it was capacity crowd. Uh, he had uh, some underlying symptoms, but he's been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. Everybody around us has been vaccinated. Uh, is it safe for us to go out and watch baseball games if we've been vaccinated without a mask? 
The answer is yes, Joe. I mean, nothing is perfect. Nothing 100 percent. There's no intervention. Yeah. When you that you could say is absolutely 100 percent. So there will be people who are vaccinated who might get infected. That's oh. going to be a very, very low number, relatively speaking. So right now, that's the reason why the CDC recommendations have not changed, Joe. If you are fully vaccinated, you can go without a mask indoor and outdoor. Now, there will be certain areas of the country, regions, states, cities or what have you, where there's a high degree of dynamics of infection in that area. And that's Mm -hmm. why you're seeing some places like Los Angeles, for example, saying the better part of valor is even if, in fact, you are vaccinated, I want to just diminish even more this very small risk. And I think that's where the confusion is going. If you Mm -hmm. look at the broad recommendation as a whole for the country, at this point, the CDC has not changed that. But there are going to be people who at their own discretion are going to say, you know, I'm an elderly person. I have an underlying condition. I'm risk averse, Mm -hmm. even though the general uh, recommendation is you don't have to wear a mask. I'm deciding I want to wear a mask. Joe, there's nothing wrong with that. That's individual decision. You have to separate that from a broader recommendation from a public health agency like the CDC, which covers the entire spectrum as opposed to individual issues, such as someone who wants to go the extra mile for safety. Did I did I hear him say that it should be an individual choice? Did I hear him say that? I, I think he said that we've come full circle. On, on the lying that he's been doing or the flip-flopping. Uh, originally, he started with the science saying, yeah, no, you shouldn't wear a mask. And then he went all other directions with that one. Well, no, you should wear a mask. You should double mask. You should triple mask. And he did it, you know. And now we're, we're, we're all the way back. We're back around now. Mm-hmm. Back now, to the science. You, you should make your own decision. As I said, Congressman Jim Jordan is wondering. Unfortunately, I can't vote for the man. He's not from my district. I'm sorry to say. I wish he was, but uh, he's from up north. But he's wondering where the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci is. The people on that panel are wondering where Dr. Fauci is. He's on MSNBC. He's on Joe Scarborough. That's where he's at. He's out there talking to an audience that hangs on his every word. He's not interested in sitting down answering questions about where this thing came from that he's responsible for. As Dr. Peter Navarro puts it, the house that Fauci built, he's not interested in answering questions about something that he is responsible for. He's not interested in that, which is fine, to be honest with you. That's fine, because he'll have plenty of time to answer that at his trial. We're out of time today. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we put out here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week. We know podcasting censorship is coming because dear old Klaus is back out again, uh, making statements about how they're going to... uh, start going after uh, misinformation online, specifically surrounding uh, COVID-19. And we will discuss a little bit of that tomorrow with uh, with Marty. Yes, we will be joined by Marty tomorrow. So uh, yeah, get signed up to us on Telegram. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.